Hello, and welcome to the inaugural edition of the Clinical Documentation Improvement and Integrity Podcast. I'm your host, CDI System Educator for WVU Medicine, Lena Belcher. We're excited to bring you content that is meaningful to documentation practices and that which aligns with our vision of improving education for providers on various subjects surrounding documentation improvement opportunities. Please welcome our first guest speaker, Dr. Victor Singzun, MDFASP, a physician in the Bridgeport Family Medicine UPC Clinic and Chief Medical Information Officer. Welcome, Dr. Singson. Glad to have you on our first program. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Great to have you. Our first topic um, is right aligned with your practice, um, and it's hierarchical condition categories, otherwise known in the industry as HCCs, which are groupings of diagnoses that allow CMS and insurers to navigate preparing for next year's benefit. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why HCCs matter and what they entail? Yeah, of course. Why HCC documentation matters. CMS Medicare uses HCC diagnoses documented in outpatient visits each year. It is their way to estimate projected costs for Medicare beneficiaries based on their disease burden. Medicare and other payers compare actual costs to expected costs. This is where HCC values matter because our payments adjust accordingly. It is important to document all relevant HCCs every year for accurate estimate of expected costs and optimal payment. This will give you an accurate picture of the patient, our population, and chronic conditions present. HCC documentation is critical for payments the organization receives for work performed in our clinics. Think of HCCs as severity of illness. The higher the score, the more ill the patient is. Wonderful explanation. I would add HCCs have weight attached to each diagnosis categories, just like severity weight, which feeds into a larger scale totaling into risk adjustment factor or RAF scores. Those help interpret that patient's needs for the next calendar year and feed into that total RAF score. Next, can you help um, explain how providers can address the HCCs in their practice on a daily basis? Absolutely. How to address HCC diagnoses. Visit diagnoses are added in office visit or video visits. Any HCC diagnosis adds to the patient's HCC score. Each visit diagnosis must have some supporting documentation in the note. I like to think of this as the meet criteria for documentation. M stands for monitoring. Documentation of signs, symptoms, disease progression, or regression, ongoing surveillance of the chronic condition. E stands for evaluation, documentation of current state of condition, such as physical exam findings, test results, medication effectiveness, or response to treatment. A stands for assessment, documentation of discussion of chronic condition, such as reviewing of records, counseling, how chronic condition will be evaluated, and ordering further testing. And T, which stands for treatment, documentation of care being offered for the chronic condition, such as prescribing or continuation of medications, 
referral to a specialist, ordering diagnostic studies, therapeutic services, where you refer to counseling or physical therapy. Another one is Medicare annual wellness visits are a great opportunity to review and document all HCCs. Please take note, telephone visits do not count for HCC scores. You'll also notice in EPIC that we have best practice advisories and risk adjustment alerts during encounters, which captures the last two years of HCC codings that have not been addressed. The alert lets providers easily add visit diagnoses, resolve them, or opt to complete at another visit. When searching for a diagnosis, try adding HCC in the search box for a more specific diagnosis, such as pancreatitis. You'll note if you search for pancreatitis, that's not an HCC. But when you type in pancreatitis and HCC, you can see that pan chronic pancreatitis does uh, search for, does, is a HCC. And if they have uh, elevated lipase chronically, you can place that as a code. Review and update your problem list at least once a year at a visit. If inactive, HCCs consider changing the diagnosis to history of. For example, an acute MI last year is no longer an acute myocardial infarction, and you can change that to history of myocardial infarction. Exceptional feedback, um, and that's true. That that history of really makes a really big deal in terms of documentation, so I'm glad you highlighted that. The specificity of any diagnosis is always important. Acuity and specificity go a long way in coding accurately and representing how sick our patient population is currently or is not. Um, and the problem list, aptly named, by the way, is usually a problem for providers uh, because it gets so long. Um, and so after all of those problems have existed for those patients for so long, updating after all of those diagnoses um, becomes a big time consumer. So it's essential to maintain those accurate history of versus active diagnoses um, right there in that problem list. One example of HCCs we see in CDI that needs clarification um, often is include like PHQ-9 forms that are filled out and a patient's placed on a medication um, for that, maybe Zoloft with no associated diagnosis. We have to have that major depressive disorder added with the specificity of it being a simple single episode, a recurrent episode, or in remission, whether full or partial. So that way we can capture that that patient's being placed on that Zoloft and for what particular reason. Um, depression by itself unspecified is not an, an HCC. Another example we see often is the vascular disease category. Um, so that's a diagnosis that normally is not cured, um, so it will need added yearly. Buzzwords in the chart, such as claudication, calcification, stenosis, occlusion, um, narrowing, atherosclerosis, they all need further specified to capture what vessel and or diagnosis is associated to those words, and quite possibly the treatment being provided. If the patient's on MDOR or Pletol, um, for what associated diagnosis are we prescribing those medications? If you can specify to CAD with angina or PVD, great. If it's pertinent to the patient at that time and it's factoring into your medical decision making and that medical decision 
um, complexity of that patient, um, all the more better. Switching gears, how can WVU providers monitor their use of HCC diagnosis and how will they know where they compare to their peers within the organization? That's a great question. HCC potential scores are based upon the HCCs on the problem list and visit diagnoses in the last two years. Each primary care provider's HCC percent potential score is the average HCC score of their panel divided by the average HCC potential score for their panel. Your score can be viewed on the WVU Medicine Primary Care Provider dashboard under performance metrics. Scores start at zero on January 1 of each year. So each existing diagnosis will need to be re-added. It's like an amputation that grows back every January 1 that needs to be placed in the problem list and added to a visit each year. Scores improve when HCC diagnoses are added during an office visit or video visit. Remember, telephone visits don't count towards HCC scores. Scores improve when irrelevant conditions are resolved or removed from the problem list. Scores improve when diagnoses are marked as not applicable in the risk adjustment alert. And top tier performance for this year is 93.8% or higher. That's such a significant tool for providers. Um, I'm hoping our listeners can take a deep dive into their HCC percent potential and modify their documentation practices to appreciate all the condition each patient presents with as accurately as possible. Because like you said, January 1, limbs grow back, ostomies close, um, you know, all the conditions that aren't cured or go away have to be restated in order for us to get the greatest HCC capture, as well as any acute conditions that you're continuing, continuing to monitor um, along with those chronic conditions. Thank you so much for joining us today and helping explain the intricacies of HCCs in the outpatient environment, Dr. Stinson. That was my, that, that's my pleasure, Lena. Thank you listeners for joining our clinical documentation improvement and integrity podcast. I'm your host, CDI system educator for WVU Medicine, Lena Belcher. Happy documenting everyone. <laughs>